me just sort myself out. If I've not met you before, um, lovely to meet you. Um, You're so welcome and hello to everyone um, tuning in online. Um, Today I get the joy of kicking off a three-part series on a particular passage in the Bible. And this particular passage, I believe, is probably, I'd say, probably one of the most well-known passages of the Bible. Um, It was used as the theme tune to Vicar of Dibley, which is very exciting. Um, And not only that, but it has been a particular passage in my life that has been really significant to me understanding who Jesus is and therefore what that means for my life. And so my prayer um, this morning is, is that we would leave in the same way that we would know who Jesus is more and what that means for us. So why don't we jump right into it? If you haven't guessed already, we're looking at Psalm 23. So I'm gonna gonna read it for us. It says this, if you wanna get it in your Bibles or follow it on the screen, go for it. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever." When was the last time you could say, I lack nothing? When was the last time you could say, I have everything that I need? When was the last time you looked around at your life and you were like, yeah, I'm good, this is it. I need nothing more, I need nothing less. When was the last time you felt like you could say, I lack nothing? Kind of, kind of tough to think of, right? Like I know it's a struggle for myself and I think not only are we facing our own personal challenges, but you know, we only have to look at our city, look at our nation and we can see that perhaps we're in a significant time of lack. And I wonder what, what would a, li- a life that lacked nothing look like for you? You know, would it, would it be that bigger house? Would it be a little bit more in the bank account? You know, would it be regular holidays? Would it be um, a job that only ever gave you joy? Would it be that perfect relationship, that perfect church that only ever met your expectations? Would it be when that significant person finally sees you and knows you? Because surely, surely if you have all of those things, right, then you could say, I lack nothing. But what this Psalm, Psalm 23, teaches us is actually a little bit of a different story because Psalm 23 is written by this guy called David. And some of you might be well aware of David. David might be completely new for you. But the fact that it was David who wrote these words, I lack nothing, is actually quite significant. Because when you read about David's life in the Bible, God, man, his life, it was, it was complicated to say the least. Like this guy, he experienced every kind of high and low and everything in between that the human life has to offer. You know, for example, like David, he went from being a shepherd, which was seen as like one of the lowest sort of aspirational, esteemed kind of jobs in that time of society to, be, to having the highest and becoming a king. 
He went from being this famous warrior who people loved to having many of those people wanting him killed. He went from living in a palace to living in the wilderness. He went from having crowds who absolutely admired him to having his own family resent and reject him. He went from having maybe one of the greatest faith moments of the all and defeating a giant to having moments in his life with absolutely no faith whatsoever. And so David, like he's been through it. He's had everything and he's had nothing. He's had his bank account full. He's had it empty. He's been loved and he's been looked over. He's been famous and he's been forgotten. He's got it absolutely right and he's got it absolutely wrong. So how is it that this guy can say, I lack nothing. Well, it says it in this passage, it says, I lack nothing because the Lord is my shepherd. David could say, I lack nothing, not because of what had happened in his life, but because of who he was in relationship with, his Father in heaven. David could say, I lack nothing, not because of what I've been through, what I have or what I don't have, but because of who I'm loved by. And this is the challenge for us as followers of Jesus is that no matter what happens or what we're going through, we might be able to say, hey, I lack nothing, not because we're dependent on those things, but because of who we're dependent on, Jesus Christ. That he is the fulfillment of our hopes, our desires, our fears, our sense of satisfaction because of who he is, what he's done for us and therefore what he is going to do. And this has been a real process that Jesus has taken me on in my own life. It's been a a real challenge because if I'm being honest, I can really get into this kind of grass is greener mentality. You know, I start to believe, okay, I'll be happy, I'll be satisfied when my life looks a certain way. And this really came to light to me uh, a few years ago when um, I came back, I moved back to Brighton after spending some time in the north coast of Northern Ireland, which was probably like one of the best years of my life. I had such an awesome time. And you know, my hope was that when I'd come back to Brighton, that would continue. You know, like I would continue to have this best time. But what I found was that I, I really, I struggled. I found it difficult because my life didn't look like what I had expected. And it was interesting because of that, the things that actually God had provided for me in that time, I actually started to resent. You know, for example, like at that time I was, I was working in um, a coffee shop part-time, which was actually absolute provision from God. But because it wasn't on my list of aspirations, it felt like it was something that lacked and it didn't help because I was comparing myself to other people, doing things that I wanted to do, being in careers where they knew where they were gonna be in years to come. Whereas I was like, I don't know where I'm gonna be in a few weeks. And on top of that, a lot of my friends around me were settling into relationships and marriages and families and I'm, I'm still single. But in hindsight, I I look back on that time that perhaps seemed like it lacked, but actually that time is exactly what I needed. Because if I hadn't have gone through that, I wouldn't have come to the same revelation that David has in this Psalm, that I lack nothing because I have Jesus. 
because He is the reward. His presence is sufficient that through every high or every low of my life, the gift of every single moment of my, of my life is knowing Him more. I learned that my value and my need does not come from my occupation or my relationship status. It comes from Jesus. And it's not that, you know, these desires or these needs that we have in our life are bad things. They are, they're important things that Jesus wants to provide for us. And you might be here today and you might be like, I'm, I am experiencing significant need. I'm ex experiencing significant heartache and Jesus wants to meet you right in the middle of that. But what we have to be careful of is that these things in our life take a position that Jesus is only worthy of and that only he can fulfill. What we have to be careful of is that these other things become our savior. Because Jesus is the only one that has died for us. Not our job, not our relationships, not our bank account. And so in comparison to Jesus, they are insufficient to fulfill us. You know, created things cannot take the place of the creator. Created things cannot take the place of the creator. They are unable to love him like he can. They are unable to provide for you like he can. They are unable to help you or fulfill you like he can. They are unable to set you free like Jesus can. And what we see in this Psalm is that when we allow Jesus to have that position in our lives, when we allow him to be our shepherd, to take that place, we see the fruit of what happens in our life. You know, this Psalm, it talks about, it's then that we find rest, refreshment, goodness, mercy, love, even in the darkest valley. And so if this Psalm is saying that for us to find our own revelation that we lack nothing for Psalm 23 to become our own reality, reality that Jesus needs to become our shepherd, then that must mean we've got to become like sheep, right? And when I say that, I'm not meaning that we're all gonna move to a field with woolly clothes on and just start communicating to each other through barring. Um, what I mean is that we take the same posture that sheep have towards their shepherd. Because let's face it, like if we were gonna choose an animal, right, I don't think sheep would be high up on our list of like who we'd like to be like. You know, like they are kind of bottom of the food chain, weak, defenseless, clueless creatures. But yet for us to find a revelation that we lack nothing, we've got to become like them. And why is that? Because sheep are completely dependent on their shepherd for absolutely everything. To find protection to find what they need to be fed, to be cared for, to go to the right place at the right time. For sheep to live their best sheep lives, they've got to be fully surrendered, fully submitted and fully dependent on their shepherd for all things. Because this is what happens to a sheep without their shepherd. <laughs> this, is, um, this is Shrek the sheep. And um, my good friend Shrek here, um, this is basically the result of living a life for six years without a shepherd. And I don't know about you, but Shrek is looking a little bit worse wear. And um, I can honestly say, when I start to live my life in my own strength, 
When I start to become dependent on things other than Jesus, not only do I start to look like Shrek, but I start to feel how he looks. Because it is the, the same for us, for us to live our best human life. Guys, we need a shepherd. We need to become fully surrendered, fully submitted, and fully dependent on the greatest shepherd of them all, Jesus Christ. Which is a little bit, you know, countercultural, right? Because the world that we're living in is saying, oh no, what you need is on your shoulders. For you to find that satisfaction, for you to find what you need, for you to find success, you've got to achieve it. You've got to make it happen. You've got to figure it out. But the narrative of following Jesus is the complete opposite because following Jesus is not a process of figuring everything out. Following Jesus is a process of letting everything go. Following Jesus is a process of letting everything go. You know, Jesus said himself in Matthew 10, he said, those that find their lives lose it. But those who lose their lives for me find it. Guys, we find the fullness of life when we begin to give our life away to Jesus, not when we withhold it. Jesus said in Matthew 5, he said, those who are meek will inherit the world, not those who are strong, not those who are successful, not those who have it all figured out, but those who recognize their need. Because this is the upside down kingdom we are invited into, where your weakness is welcome and your need is necessary. Because it's there that we realize, oh my goodness, I need Jesus. I need a shepherd. It's there that we realize, ah, oh, my dependency is not on external things, this world and myself. It is entirely on our great Savior, Jesus Christ. And so not only do we need to become like sheep to posture ourselves, to be dependent on Jesus, to find this revelation that we lack nothing, I think sometimes we can be a bit like sheep when it comes to the topic of rest too. Um, every year as a church family, uh, we go away together at the end of July to somewhere called Focus. I'm sure we've, some of us have been there. Um, and basically over these few days that we go together, it's an opportunity to hang out. It's an opportunity to worship Jesus with hundreds of other churches across the network and learn about um, Jesus more. And a part of this is that we, we go camping. And um, I just like to flag that this is a non-judgmental area, right? This is a non-judgmental room. But on my, um, on my first focus that I went to, I don't know what was going through my mind. I think it was because I'd actually not ever been camping before, apart from when I was like three years old. But I turned up to focus with absolutely no camping gear. I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking. I thought maybe I was checking into a hotel or something. Um, but luckily, you know, I had a tent to share with some other people and someone gave me a sleeping bag. But apart from that, I had nada. I had nothing. And so you can imagine rest was going to be a bit of a challenge that few days. And so I tried to find other things to supply that rest. You know, I tried to use towels as a pillow or find some clothes to sort of to lay on and helped a tiny bit, but, but, not, but not really. So I just cracked on. I was like, right, I've just got to make do. But then one day, 
um, I went into the gift shop of the place that we were at. I think we were at Pontins. And I went into this gift shop and thank you, Lord, lo and behold, I saw a glorious cushion. I was like, thank you, Jesus. It was a beautiful cushion. It was Pontins themed. It had a bear on it. And I was like, right, this is my key. This is what I need to find that rest tonight. So thank you, hallelujah. So I bought this cushion, held on to it, took, took it with me wherever I went to the big top and social gatherings and stuff like that. So I was so excited. And later that evening, got, got to my tent, ready to go to bed. And then I clocked. I was like, I've only gone and lost the blooming cushion. I've only gone and lost it. I'd lost it somewhere. So it was an absolute palaver. And the lesson of that story was to not do that the years after going to focus. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is, you know, that sense of rest, that sense of deep peace, that sense of this green pasture that this passage talks about is something that we really long for, right? It's something that we really long to experience every single day of our lives. And I think sometimes, like me at Focus, we try to find all these things to fulfill that need of rest in our lives. And I think that kind of need for rest can often be related to external things going on around us, you know? We think, okay, if I'm gonna have some rest, right, I'm gonna go on holiday, or I'm gonna have a change of scenery, or I'm gonna change up my pace. And if I'm honest, when I first read Psalm 23, and I read, he makes me lie down in green pastures, I was like, Jesus is taking me on holiday. That's what I thought. And so often or more than not, our kind of sense of things that stop us having that rest, stop us from having that inner peace, are often related to things going around us, external things. Well, that's what we believe in. Sometimes, sometimes they are, sometimes it is doing that. But I think more often than not, the things that are hindering that peace, hindering that rest that we're looking for, is often things going on within us. Often it's things going on internally. And this is what this psalm is, is referring to. This is what it's talking about. Because guys, like getting sheep to lie down in green pastures was not as easy as it sounds. Because actually there were a few things going on for sheep that would stop them from finding that rest. Firstly, they would not lie down if they, they felt afraid, if they had fear. They wouldn't lie down if there was like animosity and conflict going on amongst their little sheep community. They wouldn't lie down if they felt afraid of being fed, afraid of their provision in the future. And they wouldn't lie down if they had kind of these bugs and parasites which were producing discomfort. And I think, you know what? I don't know if we're too dissimilar from that. I wonder if the things that are hindering that sense of peace or rest in our lives is some similar stuff. Perhaps maybe we've got fear going on in our hearts. We're feeling afraid, perhaps we're carrying maybe some animosity. We're carrying some unforgiveness towards situations or ourselves or other people. Perhaps we're feeling fearful about our future and whether we're gonna get what we need. And it might not be bugs or parasites, but I wonder if there are other things going on in our lives, maybe lies that we're believing, niggling at us, producing discomfort and producing hopelessness. And I don't know about you, but when I start to feel that in my own life, when I start to feel that fear, or I start to feel heavy hearted, or I feel lack of peace, when I start to feel anxious, I, I, there's two ways that I try to get rid of that. I either try to avoid it, or I either try to control it. 
And often what I try to do is I, I try to just kind of numb what's going on by, you know, popping on another TV show and watching another episode. Or I try to avoid what's really going on by, you know, spending another hour scrolling on my phone. Or I find that my schedule starts to get so busy because I'm trying to control everything going on rather than trusting in God's sufficiency. But as much as I try to avoid it and as much as I try to control it, to find that inner peace, it is never found. Because there is only one that can do that for us. There is only one who can overcome those deep fears within us. There is only one who can overcome that unforgiveness in our lives. There's only one that can overcome fear of the future, that can overcome the lies that we're believing, and that is Jesus. He's paid for that on the cross. This is the gospel, that he left where there was no, where there was no lack. He left where there was complete rest. And he came into the world that was full of unrest and full of lack, and he lived in it. He experienced it and he overcame it on the cross so he can overcome it in you too. So he can be sufficient for you. And this is the process that that happened for sheep. Like sheep found peace when they found their shepherd. Before it took them lying down in that green pasture, first they had to encounter their shepherd. And their shepherd would take time with the sheep And the shepherd would remove those fears. He would remove those bugs. He would comfort them. He would remove the things that were stopping them from lying down. And only then would they find that green pasture. And I wonder for us today, if that's really what we're looking for. I wonder if the answer to our unrest isn't a change of scenery. Actually, you just need more time in Jesus' presence. I wonder if the answer to what is kind of stopping you finding that peace isn't a change of what you do, but just a revelation again that Jesus loves you. He's with you, he's for you. Because Jesus is the green pasture. Jesus is that rest. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And so as I, as I finish, I think today Jesus is inviting us to position ourselves like sheep again. It's not on our shoulders. It's not on you, it's on him. To position ourselves like sheep in a posture of surrender, of of letting go rather than trying to control our lives. Into a posture of laying everything down rather than avoiding it. Because in that we will find a revelation that Jesus is sufficient for what we need for that sense of lack and for that sense of peace too. Amen? Amen. Why don't we, why don't we stand together? We're gonna take some time to pray and respond. Now I'm just gonna um, give some space for us to, to pray. And so I just find it really helpful for me to just get into a little bit of a posture that's just gonna help me concentrate on Jesus in this moment and, and not get distracted because he, he's here and he's wanting, to, he's wanting to meet with us today. And so I just encourage you, it's not like a magical thing, it's just helpful if you wanna join me in just closing your eyes and you might wanna pop out your hands like you're receiving a gift. Be a Holy Spirit, 
we just ask that you'd come right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, Jesus, you are so welcome here. And we're just going to wait on the Holy Spirit for a moment. I just sense that we don't want to rush just the quiet. So I wonder for a lot of us, maybe this, we don't get this very much. Maybe we do relate to that busy schedule. So I don't want to rush the Holy Spirit. So we're just going to continue to wait. Just let him come. Holy Spirit, I just think he's starting to really rest on some people. I think he is, maybe it is that peace. So yeah, Holy Spirit, just increase what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. We just want to give some um, time to, to pray, pray for you, pray for each other. So I should invite the band to come up and, and I think um, if you are beginning to just experience the Holy Spirit, I just encourage you in a moment to, to come forward. We'd love to pray for you and get around you. Um, I just, as I was praying for this morning, um, I just felt like the Lord really highlight um, loneliness. And just, yeah, maybe you just relate to that. You're just like, yeah, I am, I'm feeling lonely. And it might even be that you've got people around you, but you're still still feeling that loneliness in certain aspects of your life. And I just believe the Father is wanting to come and love you in that today. So I'd love to welcome you forward in a moment. And um, I just had this um, word of knowledge. I think it's for a lady, but I just saw someone who, have, who you've had a bike accident. Um, I don't know if that was recently or a while ago, but that bike accident like really shook you up. And maybe it's just left a bit of, um, I guess, yeah, just a bit of that shaking up. And I think Jesus is highlighting you just because he wants to love on you and help you with that. So if that is you, we'd love, love to pray for you. And then, um, yeah. Thank you, Holly. Um, I also sense that incredible picture of Shrek that you showed the sheep. And that actually for some people in the room, that um, you're feeling so overwhelmed and actually almost blinded by your situation. <laughs> of wool, um, that the circumstances, you feel really blinded by that. And then on the opposite spectrum, I sense that God was also saying, for some people, you feel like you've been shaved and you're feeling a little bit out there and a little bit vulnerable. And um, if you feel like you're in any of those two categories, we would love to pray for you. I mean, the prayer team, we'd be so grateful if you could come forward now um, so people aren't waiting. Um, and if you would like to receive prayer, we're gonna worship now, but we would love to pray for anything. And in this room, we always especially love to pray for healing. So if you do need healing today, we wanna pray for that too. But if any of those words resonate with you, um, we'd, we would love you to come forward now. And I also just had a 
sense that as you press into Psalm 23 this week, as you read it, that God is wanting to, um, like a prism, shine his light onto that scripture and show you the, the colors of his personality and show you the fullness of you and your identity and who you are as you sit in that scripture. Um, that was a word I had today. So we're gonna worship now. Thank you so much, Holly, and, um, and come forward if you want prayer.